first episode of Hannah's Super Bad Podcast. I am thrilled to be here. Here we go. I wanted to let everybody know the purpose for me to do this podcast is to reach out to women who have been recently diagnosed with breast cancer, who are smack dab in the middle of the funkiness, or um, on the other side, whether you are totally grooving or finding your groove or just working on it. Because I know that every single day is a challenge and it's things are not perfect. Things are different. And I want to be here with you and help you through. I've found that since I've had breast cancer, I know a person who's diagnosed, they are definitely in an information gathering stage. You don't know hardly anything about breast cancer. Like you may have had your mom go through it, your sister go through it, but until that happens, uh, you don't know anything. And so then the information that you gather is fast and furious and you're just trying to figure it out how to make the best choices for yourself, how to how to get through day by day, how your family is going to be okay. I want to be here with you and I want to bring lots and lots of stories to you so that you can hear what other people have done and what works for them or what has been a complete crap show. Let's go. I didn't know where to start today because this episode is kind of an introduction for me and tell you a little bit about my story. And I was going to start at the beginning. I've had a really, really big day today. It's been kind of an emotional day and I wanted to tell you guys just honestly what it's been like. I signed up for the four mile spring equinox run that's presented by my city today. And I've been running a little bit, but like two miles at a time, three miles at a time. And this was a big goal for me. I'm not a runner. Once I got going, I realized my first goal was to run the first mile without stopping and not be, I, I knew I wasn't going to be the first person to cross the finish line, but I also didn't want to be the last. That just wouldn't feel right for me. I, I wanted to be, it was okay for me to be in the middle today. I did the first mile, no stopping, worked on my breathing, worked on my form so that I knew I wasn't hurting myself. And I got to the first mile and all of a sudden I was like, well, crap, can I make it to the second mile? Next thing I know, I just kept putting one foot in front of the other, one foot in front of the other. And then next thing you know, I was at the second mile and I kept telling myself in my head, I can do this. It's just this next step. That's all it takes, just this next step. And then I would say, okay, if I can get to that sign, then I'll keep going. And if I can get to the next sign, then I'll keep going, setting these little tiny goals. And so then next thing you know, I got to the third mile. And the fourth mile, I tried to kind of ramp it up and go a little balls out. And then next thing you know, I couldn't breathe. I still didn't stop, which was huge, but I went back to the pace that worked for me and found my comfort level and just kept putting one foot in front of the other it was such a huge deal. And then as I was rounding that, that third mile, I was getting passed by people in the next heat because little did I know a four mile is a sprint for some people, <laughs> which I have no idea how that happens, but it is. And that was okay. And the coolest thing ever was that they would run by and, and many of them said, keep going. You got this. 
keep going. You got this. And as I was in between that third mile and the finish line, it dawned on me. Today's March 21st. On March 31st is my four-year cancerversary for having my mastectomy. I just thought the parallels of today's run with the experience that I've had with breast cancer just hit me like a ton of bricks. And I almost started crying and stopped, but I kept going and was just like, holy crap, if I could do that, I can do this and I can make it to the finish line. Come hell or high water, I will put one foot in front of the other and make it. I did. And when I got there, holy cow, that's when I surprised myself because I am not a crier. And I just literally like bumped into my husband and I cried. It felt so good because I was so grateful to be alive. I am. I didn't know when this all started if that was going to be the case. I kept getting worse news and worse news from the doctors. And then all of a sudden it turned around. I want to let you know that this is really hard. Breast cancer is really hard. I love the saying, we put on our big girl panties and we just keep moving. That was my mantra when I was running today. That was the parallel is what I was doing when I had breast cancer was just keep moving. Do what's next. I wanted to share that little that little tidbit with you because it has been just an awesome day. I want to tell you guys a secret. I was really nervous and I did not know how to start the first podcast. I knew I really wanted to soak in the bathtub after my run. I still have joint pain and foot pain and all of that. So I was like, oh, I need to relax for a bit. I decided I brought my microphone in and my computer and I am in my bathtub. <laughs> right now recording my podcast. And it's kind of ridiculous because we bought this house seven years ago in the master bathroom. The bathtub is enormous and it is mauve. It is a big pink bathtub. There was a pink toilet. There were pink sinks. There was even a pink freaking phone on the wall with a landline. I will not let my husband get rid of this pink bathtub because I love it so much. This is my favorite place to be. That's where I am right now. Figured, well, how perfect to be in my comfort zone and to talk to all of you. This is just the beginning of the conversation. I am so excited to talk to so many different women and to hear so many different stories of how people have gotten through and what their journey has been. Because the big thing that I want you to know is that what I found out, every single woman's breast cancer is different. I feel like I know that when I first found out I had breast cancer, I was comparing it to people. Okay, she had chemo and mine is different, so maybe I should have this. One of the big, big things that I want to be here for you is to share these stories so that you know that you are unique, to accept that uniqueness and do not rate yourself. Try not to rate yourself against what other people's journey is. Because unlike almost every other cancer, every single one is unique. And what I find from talking to so many different women is that you get intimidated or you feel alone because you say, oh, well, she had this, but I didn't. Or on the other side, I had this, but she didn't. And so that's not the way we need to see. I want to break that barrier and let everybody know that 
Breast cancer is breast cancer and it's freaking hard. It is the biggest life disruption thing that can happen. And we all need support. These doors should be open to everybody. I know that I was on a Facebook group for my type of breast cancer. And with my type of breast cancer, every single person has chemo. And I had a really rare type of cell structure within my breast cancer. My oncologist canceled my chemo. And I had a woman who just chewed me out one side and up the other. I had posted in that group that I was scared. I was scared to death because it's only been in the past couple of years that the oncologists have been saying that they recommend not having chemo. And even some, some oncologists still give the women chemo if they have this cell structure. I wanted to hear because I couldn't find any case studies because of course I went into research more intensely. I hadn't heard of anybody who didn't have chemo when they had triple negative. So I asked this group very respectfully, I'm really scared. Has anybody out there ever not had chemo? Because I feel like a freak. I feel like they're missing something. I'm afraid. And there was a woman who was so angry with me and said that I didn't belong in the group and how dare I be there. And the funniest thing is like, where do I go then? Where do I go to belong? Because within triple negative, 0.03% of women have this type of cell structure. There is no Facebook group for women who have triple negative with no chemo. Where do I go? What that did was that kicked me in straight in the rear. Well, first I had to lick my wounds and be mad at her and bleh, for a little while. But what it did was it drove me to say, there needs to be more conversation, lots and lots of conversation for women so that it doesn't matter what kind you had. You belong here because we're going through the same fears. We're going through the same pain. We're going through the same challenges. Of course, it's varying degrees. Who knows how one person is going to react? I wanted to create an inclusive place for all of you where we can talk, we can talk about the good days, we can talk about the bad days, we can laugh at the absurdities and the weird crap that happens, and, and we can also cry and say, this just stinks. I will tell you a little bit about my story. For me, I have a family history. I'm adopted, but luckily I know my biological parents. I met them, God, more than 20 years ago, um, and I was able to find out that an aunt of mine had breast cancer and she had a single mastectomy, it came back. And then she had another mastectomy on the other side. What that did is as I was getting to be 40 years old, I started to think about, I need to start looking for this. I wanna make sure that, um, that I can find it. My kids were little and I was a hairdresser and I didn't have health insurance, but luckily I was able to save my money and I paid $350 to get a mammogram. And then I skipped a year, luckily had health insurance. I got, I bought health insurance because I realized, oh, after 40 weird things happen when you're a lady. <laughs> so unfortunately it's the truth. Like that's when the problems start to happen. And luckily I did have health insurance because I had had my mastectomy or I'm sorry, I had had my mammogram. And then six months later, I ended up having blood come out of my nipple. I hadn't noticed any changes. I had no lumps or anything, but I had blood come out my nipples. Talked to my doctor and she said, I'm sure it's hormones, but let's get it checked out. 
Let's just be safe and bless her freaking heart for doing that. Because I went in for the mammogram. They came back and they said, okay, so we need to check on some things. And they took me in this little dark room, did the ultrasound. It went from, oh, this is just routine, no big deal, to the ultrasound tech. She was mapping and clicking and clicking. And I'm sure that you guys remember this because it is when it starts to hit you that, oh, there's something going on. She was clicking and clicking and clicking and it took about 45 minutes. And then she said, I'm going to go get the doctor and she'll come talk to you. The doctor came back and she explained to me that what had happened was in that six months, my right breast had filled up with calcifications from right to left, front to back just completely filled with these little teeny, teeny, tiny calcifications. She brought me in a little room and went through the ultrasound and we saw the pictures. Then she said, I know what I'm looking at. She said, this is, there's going to be cancer. And so I went from la-di-da, walking in there like, oh, this is just routine. We're just checking it out to knowing that I had breast cancer. She said, I know what I'm looking at. You know, go in for the biopsy. I, they get back with me. I get the call from the nurse care coordinator who lets me know that it's triple negative, that that's, she said that was one of the worst types because said from the very start, no matter what, you will have chemo and radiation. My first idea was, well, how long is this going to freaking take? At, my, at the time I had a second grader, fourth grader. I worked full time and my husband worked full time. I don't have time for that crap. I was trying to figure out how long cancer was going to take, which now that I'm on the other side, I realize how foolish that was, but it was like, it's like jury duty. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> you don't have time to take out of your life. So I went home, told my family, told my husband and my kids, and they took it well and kind of just said, we'll do whatever we need to. As you guys know, the minute you find out you have breast cancer, then you are freaking thrown into doctor's appointments all over the place. You're seeing the surgeon, you're seeing the oncologist, you're having x-rays, you're having your MRI. We are all bosses for having that MRI on our breasts because gosh, to go face down and have your breasts dangling while the MRI machine is going, that was one of the worst parts of the entire. As I was meeting with everybody, I found out, gosh, the rate of my cancer was growing so fast. Literally then three weeks of my diagnosis, I was having surgery. They said that the right side needed to come off for sure. And that it was optional for the left side. For me, having young children, just wanting to be done with it, I chose to have two. It was kind of under the idea of just get these off of me. Let's get moving with this. That was my choice. And I knew that my aunts had come back which is funny because I don't know what type of breast cancer she had. That scenario just kept replaying in my mind that it could come back. Didn't want it to be 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road and have to do it all over again. For me, that was the right choice. I was not able to get reconstruction at the same time. I had to be flat because at that time they were still expecting chemo and radiation. They had said that I should expect a, a D-flap for my reconstruction, because they said that they were going to have to radiate the front and that tissue would be gone. I was prepared for everything, kind of like putting on my game face. Let's get this moving. Right after my mastectomy, it's funny because I uh, they put in support for chemo because they were thinking that literally they would be starting my chemo within a week 
of my mastectomy to get this going since my little cancer booger had been just so aggressive. It was growing really fast. Luckily, my lymph nodes were clear because we had caught it early. But it's funny. I want to tell you guys what my coping mechanism was. I would make the worst case scenarios I could ever think of. If I can figure out what my worst case scenario is and my best case scenario, then it's usually going to fall in the middle and that'll be okay. I made up the most ridiculous scenarios for getting my port in. I was really creeped out that it was a twilight surgery and that I'd be kind of awake for it. I had made up that my surgeon would be like drunk Gary Busey. And I don't even know for those of you who are younger who would be comparable. Somebody crazy. I figured he's going to come out. He's going to be like drunk Gary Busey and he's going to just grab me and shove this thing in my chest. And it's funny because I showed up to the porch surgery. I told the technician and the surgeon what I was expecting because he walked in. I was like, you are not drunk Gary Busey. He was really, really kind. Being friendly with all the surgeons and just laughing because when it sucks so bad and you're scared, the best thing to do is just go for the absurd because it's going to be what it is. You may as well have had a good time with it. And I have a picture of the guy holding up my port before he put it in. And it says, not drunk Gary Busey. <laughs> I had one oncologist who was scheduling my, my chemo, but she lived over an hour away down in Denver. So they put me with this other oncologist. I went and talked to her and my husband was with me and we were expecting chemo within the next week. Like, boom, let's get this rolling. Let's get it on. And she said, she kind of started from the beginning and she explained, no, because of this cell structure, which is apocrine, I'm canceling your chemo and your radiation. We can go ahead and start scheduling your reconstruction surgeries, get back to work when you feel good and let's go. And I got to tell you, my husband and I just about freaking died. We kept getting, oh, you've got the worst. Oh, you've got worse than that. We were completely prepared when I had left work. I had told my clients, I had no idea when I would be back. Kind of telling everybody goodbye. You know, I was on the cancer train. So that was absolutely shocking. And of course, I left the oncologist's office and I called my nurse care coordinator and I kind of told on her. She said, well, let's check into it. So I met with the other oncologist and she spent some time researching and she said, okay, I agree. I was unsettled, completely unsettled. I didn't trust it. I thought, okay, here we go. I got back to work. My mass, or sorry, got my reconstruction scheduled started the ball rolling again. I lived the flat life for a good, gosh, I don't know if it was six months or eight months. That was interesting. I kind of got used to it. Went swimming with my kids in a swimsuit, flat. And I had, oh, that's what I forgot to tell you is I had shaved my head for chemo and everything. I shaved it ahead of time because I was just like, let's just get this going. Let's get this on the road. Here I am shaved head that I've got to grow back. I just felt odd. I felt like I didn't belong anywhere. Yeah, I got the tissue expanders in for anybody who has tissue expanders. Lordy, lordy. Those are little boogers. To have your chest back, for some women, it's worth it. Everybody is different. And that's one of the things that I can't wait to talk to different women about is because it can be worth it. They're painful and they suck. You can get through it. And I got to tell you too, when you get the exchange surgery and your, I call them the forever squishy boobs. When you get your forever squishy boobs, you are so grateful to get those damn tissue expanders out. It is such a relief. If you are in tissue expander hell right now and you're listening to this, 
I promise it gets better. I had a big breakthrough this last summer. I am going through life like normal. Uh, my chest still doesn't feel the same. It still gets tight. I have a cording across my left side that pops up every once in a while. My big breakthrough was I was having acupuncture. It hit me. I was thinking about gratitude, that I had never once been grateful to my body. And that was huge. I broke down and cried. I didn't trust it. And I'm sure you guys know that feeling. We are always waiting to know if it's coming back. There's just a little bandwidth that runs in the back of your mind that you worry. You worry about your family. You worry about your health. You don't, you worry about how long you have. And so one of the things I want to show women is that yes, breast cancer is hard, but there's a lot of us that live and are here today. I want to share all the stories. I want to try to push that bandwidth down, that worry. We're all in this together. So for me, it dawned on me. I had never thanked my body for having that cell structure, for being strong, for getting back to work, for being healthy. And that switched everything for me. I would love to challenge you no matter where you are in your journey. It may start small and it might have to grow, but start kind of saying thank you to your body for being so strong and resilient because it helps. It is something, it felt odd at first. And I felt like the little tiny voice said, no, don't trust it. Don't trust it. But now the bigger part is stronger that said, I am grateful for being here. I am grateful for my strong, healthy body. And today I ran a four mile race without stopping. And I had so much gratitude for the life that I've been given and for my body. I want to be here with you and share with you. Through all of this, I decided to start a company. My company is called Somebody. I named it Somebody. I love the idea that everybody has a little inner bunny inside of them. That inner bunny can help us almost like our little superhero part. When things are hard, we get through it. Our little inner bunny will help us focus. Our inner bunny can be strong. Fake it till you make it, sister. I called it somebody because I didn't want to name my company Breast Cancer This or Breast Cancer That. I wanted it to be a little more playful because that's just who I am. I was born with rose-colored glasses. I am sure that there are women out there that will love the little bit of humor. <clears throat> when I had my mastectomy, I made my own t-shirts that held my drains. I worked with factories, designers for a couple of years and didn't get anywhere making these shirts. People didn't get it. I had one guy that said, this is going to be so unflattering when a woman is on the dance floor. And I was like, oh my God, this guy, I had paid him thousands of dollars to help me design a breast cancer recovery shirt. I was banging my head against the wall, but I had this vision of what I wanted to be able to offer for you women. Finally, I've had some breaks in the clouds, found a designer, bless her heart, saw my idea, had amazing ideas to bring to the table of, why don't we do this? Well, why don't we do this? So I started Somebody and I provide drain pocket shirts to help you get drains after your mastectomy and after the reconstruction surgeries, pillows to help for sleeping and comfort. And then I put in some quirky gift items because I loved it when people didn't treat me like I was sick. I want to offer something a little different. I do want to stress when you're going through your reconstruction, your mastectomy, these shirts are essential. They help you go into the hospital 
and feel like you're prepared and comfortable, you can't even imagine how good they are to have. For real, because when I had breast cancer, there were only a couple people on Etsy and the shirts were $60 and $100. Women needed an affordable choice. I can't tell you that is a must, must, must have for having these surgeries. So that's kind of a little bit about me. One of the biggest things that I liked about doing hair was talking to people, building the relationships, building the connections. I want to do that with this business. Women, when you're going through your hardest time, it's really nice to know and hear other people's stories and hear what people did. That's what this podcast is about. It's about being super bad and it's about putting one foot in front of the other. It's about helping each other. It's about belonging. I'm going to be putting out a podcast once a week. Look for this. I'm going to be bringing in amazing women, people who have had new diagnoses, people who are smack dab in the middle, people who are on the other side. I'm going to bring in acupuncturists, therapists, all the people who can help. I want to be putting up resources for women and helping to answer questions because I'm not the expert, but I know a lot of people. And by having so many stories, I hope that you find some nuggets. Tell me what you want to hear because I'm here for you. I'm going to be here. I'm going to sit with you. I am in the mucky muck of all of this with you. And I also want you to feel free to share your stories. Let me know if you'd like to be on the podcast. And also feel free to write your story if that feels better. I'm going to be offering mini-sode episodes where I read stories from women. Bring it on, sister. Show me your super bad story and let's be walking through all of this together. Thanks for listening. Tune in for next week to Hannah's Super Bad Podcast. Bye.